Welcome to the 10th Yousef Shaheen podcast. Uh, Today we're going to look at uh, uh, Return of the Prodigal Son, uh, which is playing on Netflix. It's one of the series of Yousef Shaheen films uh, that are available uh, to see uh, there. Uh, And it's quite an extraordinary film. So I'm eager to get your responses, Richard, because uh, you've just seen it. So, so what what are your visceral impressions? Uh, yeah, I've literally just finished watching it. I mean, it's it's completely nuts. It's really it's a very very I mean, it's a very enjoyable film. Um, it throws everything in. I, I thought it was going to be just a kind of family drama, but you know, it's a musical. <laughs> um, it goes in all sorts of unexpected directions. Um, yes. It's yeah, it's it's fascinating. All right. Um, so uh, I, I've been reading uh, the Arab National Project in Youssef Shaheen Cinema, an invaluable uh, book uh, by Malik Khoury, uh, in which he brings up how um, the film uh, was uh, made in the aftermath of uh, the civil war in uh, Lebanon. And it was kind of like a prelude to uh, all the er- internecine uh, struggles across the Arab world, many of them, of course, instigated by the West. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it, it, this begins a period where there's almost a constant war somewhere uh, in the Middle East. So this great experiment in socialism uh, that Nasser had started gave way to a return to capitalism with Sadat. And all of this is kind of evident in the film. So the film is a hodgepodge of genres. It's a musical, it's a melodrama, it's kind of Shakespearean in the brutality of the murders at the end. Mm. Um, It's also a teen film in some ways, right? And it's kind of like interpolated with songs throughout. But, you know, uh, and it's full of impressionist and surrealist uh, devices uh, to tell the story. And it's not afraid to be Brechtian either, right? So, you know, there are moments that take you right out of, you know, the narrative. So um, there's a whole kind of critique uh, of the culture embodied in this uh, uh, storytelling, this this filmic storytelling that is, on the one hand, very skilled. I found it very enjoyable. And on the other hand, it feels like completely bonkers, yeah? Yeah. And it seemed to also be some points of it were kind of um, like a, about cinema and about how films are made. And so yes. there, there was that section. I mean, firstly, the, there's part of the film is set around a cinema. And there, there were, um, I, I was kind of at one point spotting the American film posters that were up. So there, there was a poster for what you told me was Burt Lancaster's worst film. Yes, uh, the, the, the Midnight the mid, Man. The Midnight Man. Um, and there's a poster for uh, Murderer's Row, the Dean Martin 
Matt Helm film oh, right. uh, appears at one point <laughs> as well. Because uh, I, I just saw the, the, the edge of these posters and tried to work out what they were. But the, there's bits like there's a uh, kind of kissing or not a kissing scene between the two teenage lovers. Yeah. And the, the boy says, the, they want, the boy wants to kiss her. And he, he says, well, haven't you seen how it's done in films? And then they come in for a kiss, but they don't kiss because it looks like they kiss, but then their heads pass each yes. other because they're, you know, because of the perspective. Because they, and they've got their eyes closed, that's why. Yeah. yeah. And, like and in then, the movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he does a freeze frame and he does it from a weird angle. And, and it's all about, it seems to be like that bit is, you know, about how movies are made. And there's another, well, at the end of one of the big song and dance numbers, in fact, the biggest song and dance number with a massive crowd yeah. dancing across a bridge, they meet, there's this kind of clown character who appears at various points and he's dressed as a sheriff and riding a horse and and it's the middle of the day and he just kind of reaches up and pulls a blind down almost and it's black yes. and then it's night for all the characters yes. it's you yes. know really fascinating all that kind of yes. stuff i mean i read somewhere because the um french box set also has a little booklet with uh reviews Mm. Uh, of the time, you know, that came out at the time the films were released. Uh, and I think I read there that that clown figure and the little boy are meant to be like a kind of a Greek chorus in the action. Yeah, so yeah. On the one hand, it's realistically motivated because, you know, in those days, it's hard to remember now, but actually even in my childhood, you know, the uh, rural cinemas would... Um, have I don't know what you call them buskers or you know people to g up business right mm. they go with to drum up business yeah and they yeah, literally yeah. often go with drums and say movie tonight at eight o'clock or something right mm. you know so on the one hand that clown figure is meant to be someone like that yeah but on yeah. the other hand it's kind of commenting on what we're seeing Ex exactly and they I mean the end there's a brilliant bit at the ending where they they the the two the, the boy and the clown appear and, and it, it's like as you say yeah, it's like they're they're, they're, they're a Greek chorus or they're like a Shakespearean fool type character um, who, who just kind of appear and comment on what's going on. Really, really, really fascinating. Um, the, the other thing that I um, spotted was, because again, about the time it was made and um, also in relation to our conversation the other night about people of the Nile and, and Egypt and technology and so on, there's a whole part of the plot is that the young boy, Ibrahim, He's just graduated from high school and he wants to go and study abroad and he wants to be a space scientist and he wants to um, help kind of irrigate the land and make people walk on the moon. And the film is, seems to be set in, well, it's obviously set in 1970, 1971, because you see NASA's funeral, which was, was yeah. 1970. Uh, so it's just after the moon landings. But the, I was, there's a, at one point they're watching the TV and there's a reference to, and I, I made note, I found this on Wikipedia, that they, 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 they refer to this guy um, who's this Egyptian uh, space scientist yes. on, on, on the news thing. And he's a guy called um, uh, El Baz. And he was, he was an Egyptian who was part of the Apollo program uh, as supervisor of lunar science planning. Uh, so he's a senior figure in the, he's Egyptian, but he was in the States. He was a senior figure in the, um, in the Apollo program. So presumably he was a big hero in Egypt at the time. He well, helped them. Uh, according to the film, for sure. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And he, he helped them decide on the best moon landing site. And then he was brought back to Egypt by Sadat uh, because he'd obviously been looking at the best moon landing sites. And he then was looking at the best areas of, 
Egypt that you, that, that you could use farmland and use for irrigation. Mm. And so that, which is exactly what this, so the kid wants to be a space scientist and his grandfather wants to be a great farmer and be an irrigator. So it's kind of sort of interesting that both these strands are there represented yes. in this real figure. Well, I mean, the film has a whole kind of dichotomy mm. uh, of, you know, dreamers versus, you know, capitalist achievers. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it does so generationally. So, you know, the young boy is a dreamer like his grandfather, but his grandfather is meant to be a lesson because he lost the family fortune yeah. in pursuing yeah. that dream. That dream, And actually, the only reason why the, this the richest family in the village is surviving in the way that it is accustomed to mm. is because basically they are using the fortune of one of the son's sister-in-law whom they hope to marry to the brother. Uh, it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. Mm. What's, what's significant here is that they are actually stealing the use of her money and yeah. not letting her leave the house and have access to an independent life because if she goes, her fortune goes with her and then the family has nothing. Yeah, and this is it. You gradually realise through the film that the family are dreadful, yeah. <laughs> with, with the exception of the boy, because they, uh, the, uh, I mean, the title relates to the prodigal son who comes back after 12 years and they kind of think he's had this successful life, but he hasn't. Because there, there, yeah, there are two brothers, and he was originally in love with the girl that, they, that they're stealing the money from, um, and so they're they're kind of celebrating his life and achievements, and he thinks he's going to sort all their problems out, but you know he can't. And well, it's... I think we're told that uh, so he went to Cairo to follow his dream, mm. and he became like this big capitalist that got embroiled in building uh, skyscrapers with bad materials. And what there's happened... A, there's yeah. a really, really bad special effect, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> One of his skyscrapers collapses and it's like something out of a Jerry Anderson TV series, which Jose won't know what that is, but it, it's, a, it's just this really clunky yes. model shot, but quite fun. <laughs> and he took the fall for, um, you know, this enterprise. Mm. And so he's been in jail for three days and he returns home with his, leg with, yeah, with his tail between his legs, having lost everything not achieved any of his uh, uh, goals, mm -hmm. and also, uh, you know, having been in jail. And he is meant to be representative of a certain class of people under Nasser, right? So, you know, the whole idea of Nasser's Egypt was meant to be a socialist Egypt, but nonetheless, it was kind of one that was run by colonels and was very mm -hmm. corrupt, as we saw, uh, and also in which a lot of people made, uh, you know, very easy fortunes out of misuses of government money mm. in, bu in buildings such as this. So the character of Ali is meant to be interestingly representative because he'd been a socialist, he'd been for the workers, yeah, now he's been in jail, uh, and when he returns back, the society has all of these expectations of him which he no longer can or wants to uh, meet, yeah? So the film is based on an André Gide uh, short story, uh, which basically takes this idea of, you know, a kind of a Cain and Abel uh, uh, story. Mm. Um, but in Gide's uh, uh, um, story, uh, the question is really whether the law is suitable for all men. 
And in this story, it's more about the society and the culture. Yeah. Mm. But there is also this thing about the oppressiveness of the family, right? And of patriarchal control and... Yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the whole yeah. But the, I mean, the, yeah, the father of the so the father of the teenage boy is just he's just awful, he's a terrible person, and yeah, you know, I mean, he beats the boy up and locks yeah. him in the printing room, works over overnight and that kind of thing, and and it, it's but then his grandfather, yeah, the boy's grandfather who is saying, oh no no no, don't worry, I'll help you, and then the father's like, well yeah, but you lost all our money, you old you old fool, and then okay, the uncle's going to help you, but no, the uncle's. Basically, a con man, and and it's it's you know, uh, I think yeah, and the boy just gradually realizes that there's this kind of um, web of corruption. It's kind of like I mean, and um, I know I said this about Saladin. I, it just occurred to me afterwards that the, it's it's kind of like Game of Thrones because the 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 wedding at the end there's the red there's a red wedding, <laughs> and but this whole this whole idea of this kind of. Um, yes, there is. You know, this family where there's just this weird sexual psychodrama going on with with the 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 woman they're trying to marry, who's not part of the family, and they're just trying to marry her off to one of the two brothers. And well, she is she is part of the family in the sense that she is the sister of um, the woman <clears throat> Tolba is married to. So there are two brothers. Uh, uh, Toba and Ali, and so you know, in a way, yeah. so she's like the sister-in-law. But her sister died, uh, and there are intimations that he was abusive to to, to yeah, uh, the, yeah. There's, there's a scene. There's a flash, she has a flashback to that. Herself. It's not clear whether that whether you're being told that 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 happened or whether you're being or, or whether that's. You know her 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 madness, but it but it, yeah, it, it does seem to be clear that 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 was what was going on. Certainly, her her actions at the end would tend to imply that that was the case. I think. Um, yes. So so let me let me try and bring in a series because the film, you know, which sounds like such a hodgepodge, mm. is actually incredibly beautifully structured so on the one hand there's the city and the country on the other hand there's Nasser and Sadat there's also the bourgeois family and the working class family yeah so there's a Cain and Abel story but interspersed yeah, with that is yeah. also a Romeo and Juliet kind of story yeah where you, these two young lovers can't come together yeah because the family of the rich one won't allow them to so actually the film is operating within all of these really interesting kind of dualities, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and it it it, it does work, and it's sort of as you say, it sounds like a real mess, but it, it just completely works. It, it was interesting in comparison with it, with the, the other films we've watched and seeing how they developed. And I I thought there was a bit because you get these these kind of sepia flashbacks, and there's yes. one sequence where it looks like a scene from Dark Water. It's like kind of like like Shaheen is is sort of parodying his earlier style by do, mm. shooting this melodramatic scene in the style of one of his 1950s films. Um, but yeah, yes. that's really interesting. Yes. Um, 
there are lots of continuities in his style. I mean, he really is a great metteur en scène, mm. you know, so you still get kind of a lot of like circuit compositions, you know, of frames within frames and doorways. You get a lot of use of mirrors, yeah, and off-screen spaces. Mm. Um, some of the some of the shots are just beautiful, right? Um, and actually, I thought, you know, the songs and really the musical numbers, because the interesting thing about this film is it doesn't just have songs. It's not just like a, a singer in a cabaret, you know, <laughs> leaning against a pillar singing. No, it's got full-blown dance Song and numbers. dance numbers, yeah. I mean, it really surprised me. So sort of 10 minutes into the film, there's there's a scene, it, you, you meet the teenage boy and, and him and his girlfriend are just leaving. It's, it's their last day at school. And there's a, there's a little animated bit animated bit there as well where he's looking in the the he's looking at a cell thing in the microscope but actually it's a yes. it's a cartoon and so it's kind of, yes. so it's, you know, it's, it's an animation as well and they they, they 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 then get on the i mean up to this point it's been a completely straight drama and they get on the the the, the coach or the bus or whatever to go home and suddenly this song yes. starts and there's this whole full-blown song yes. dance number which is amazing yes. but the, the one the song. sorry go ahead i thought the songs were beautiful yeah, actually yeah. even to my untrained non-Arab year, uh, they were very catchy. Yeah. I mean, it felt a bit like, and I'm not particularly, I'm not saying this from a position of, from a position of knowledge, really, because I'm not sure I've ever watched a, bo a full Bollywood film, but it kind of, it was a little bit like that style, I guess, where you've got, you've got a drama and they'll just break off to a, a, a very elaborate song and dance number, and it's just part of it. So I wonder mm. whether that was an expected style in Egypt. I, mm. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I don't. I, mean, I don't agree with you because actually these felt a lot more integrated. Mm. I mean, they are integrated musical numbers. So you know, when they get the moment that you're talking about, when they get onto the back of a truck, they're going home. <laughs> school is over. You know, and the whole the whole song is about what's going to happen now. You know that school is over and they are going to university. Yeah. Right? So yeah. like all of the numbers are integrated and speak on the action and the themes of the film. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in a way that, you know, is not typical of, of Bollywood. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so further thoughts from your end? Yeah, I, th I thought, you know, as, as, as we found so far with Shaheen, I thought it, was, it looked amazing. I mean, uh, the, there's, there's some really, really um, inventive shots. There's a bit, the, the, just the opening sequence, you get the, the, the clown comes out of the cinema and the, the, there's, there's these big, I guess, advertising hoardings. So there's a cow cardboard cutout of a, I guess, a cowboy with a gun and you just see the gun pointing at the guy's head and, and, and mm. some things like that. And then the, just the, 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 yeah, the look of it, the, um, you know, it's, it's really beautiful. All these, these scenes, um, yeah, there's a big sort of party sequence where it's just really, you know, multiple layers of action and it, the lighting and the colours are amazing. And also it's quite, you know, it's sort of, as we've observed, there is an erotic element and there is a homoerotic element to it and the way, you know, the, particularly the way he films the the, the, the teenage boy. Uh, I mean, the yes. scenes where he's like lying in bed half naked and his uncle comes in, it's sort of, like, reminds me of uh, something from Call Me By My Name. Uh, yes. Call Me By Your Name, sorry, because it, it was that sort of... Um, you, you get that kind of impression and the camera kind of lingering on it. Um, well, actually, I thought the whole character of Ali, you know, can very much be read in those ways. Actually, the whole look of it, right? So I suppose, you know, 
because it's made in a country that is so taboo, you know, one doesn't perhaps think of those things. But, you know, he's the the actor who plays Ali, uh, who is Ali Al-Sharif, I guess. Mm. Uh, um, I mean, he looks so camp, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's very beautiful, but he's very beautiful in this Tyrone Power, uh, Tyrone Power kind of way, right? And very fey and slim and delicate, you, you know. Yeah, I, uh, yeah and it's sort of, long eyelashes, and it sort of <laughs> sets him in opposition to the brother because the brother is very sort of, uh, you know, sort of big, masculine. Mustache, okay, 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 not too old, whatever. But it look, looked sort of very similar to the, the the sort of very patriarchal figures in the in the nineteen fifties films, you know. So, so yes. looked more like a traditional uh, masculine yes. figure, and so it's sort of saying these two these two brothers have well, one has stayed to work the land, and one has gone off to the city. So again, you get this duality in the, that you yeah. got in the in 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 the land, yeah. Yes, and he's been married, and he's and he's been divorced. Mm. Yeah, and the whole film has this critique because, you know, so it tells us that one of the reasons why Ibrahim, the younger boy, wants to study abroad rather than go to Alexandria or someplace like that is because he wants a, a more expensive degree so that he can hold it over his wife. Yeah, I think they might put it more crudely so he can beat his wife. Well, he's, yeah? he's to, uh, it's, it's this strange sort of flirty bit where he's with the girlfriend and he actually and 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 he he says this and she's laughing about it and it's kind of a, it's like it's a joke they've got between them but then you get scenes later where not with him but with his his his, his uncle um yes. sort of slapping the, the 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 woman and so whether it is a joke or not who who knows yes. but it's but yeah. The, yeah the other the other thing that's, that that just occurred to me is that 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 is interesting and going back to Cairo station and Mike and his skyrockets because well, the the information we found about them is yeah they were young students you know just formed a band but they all went abroad they all yeah they they all left yes. egypt they all studied abroad they all got jobs like you know uh, engineers salespeople tv director by going abroad and and this is Ooh. clearly what a lot of egyptians young men did and this is what what the boy in the film wants if to do if you were from the richest family yeah, in your village exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so the film is full of interesting things so you know the richest family in the village yeah nonetheless he still rides a donkey mm. yeah so you know so you still have this culture that is one foot in uh, a, a rural medieval kind of lifestyle mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, where land is key and so on you know and on the other hand you have the push of modernity that things are you know they've landed on the moon yeah yeah but egypt is still like this i mean right? this is it the the, the yeah, man had landed on the moon a man had landed on the moon in part thanks to this egyptian scientist who was part of the nasa space program and that's that's the, but meanwhile these egyptian people in this film are still living in, in despite being quite rich are, are living in those conditions with donkeys so that i think yes. that's that's an interesting knowing that context is really really interesting that that's what the boy yes. the boy wants to be he wants to be like the like like the guy who's help, who's working at nasa he doesn't want to be like his uncle or his father or his grandfather yes and it's very interesting that of all his family he's the only one that survives mm. yeah at the end Right. So uh, again, 
uh, Shaheen is kind of, you know, putting all his hopes in a new generation yeah, yeah. Uh, of people. Um, I want to um, read a little bit, if you don't mm, mind, sure. because, you know, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is, you know, the fact that this is a musical, right? So um, the uh, young actress who was brought in from Lebanon, uh, Magda El Rumi, uh you know, she was brought in especially because she was such a great singer. She was billed as the voice of the 21st century. You know, she was very young. Like when the rehearsal started for the film, she was 13. She looks like she's 16 or 17 in the film. But she, so she's yeah. the, the, really she's the she girlfriend was, of the teenage boy. Is that, that's the character you're talking to? Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. She, she's uh, the girlfriend of the teenage boy is, is the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. She does look, she, yeah, yeah she, does, she looks about, I thought, I thought she was about 18. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so she was brought in, especially from Lebanon, to play this part. So the film is a Lebanese-Algerian-Egyptian co-production, mm. which is part of the reason why it could say the things it says. <laughs> yes, if it had just been an Egyptian film, that might have uh, a not. Well, I, as well, I wonder whether that things had changed because you know Sadat is now in power. He he has. Um, the, again, I was kind of reading up a bit on this. He, his first act was to sack two of, sack and imprison two of two of NASA's. Uh, he, I mean, so that was NASA's vice president, but he also he then sacked some of NASA's um, sidekicks who were who were leading the secret police and so on. So it's kind of at, at this point, he was moving towards presumably more openness, perhaps less censorship. So maybe, yeah, but he's also leaving behind socialist principles yeah. and embracing, yeah. U.S.-style capitalism. Uh, but, but I just wanted to remind everybody that it is a musical, you know, that the young people were cast because of their ability to sing. Uh, Tafida, the, the, the Magda El Rumi, who plays Tafida, was considered so important to the enterprise that she was really imported from Lebanon to play this part, right? Uh, and so, and, and, and the songs were composed you know, by, you know, the great composers and poets of the era, right? Right. Um, according to um, Malakuri, he says, the first musical number takes place at school where the two young dreamers, Tafida and Ibrahim, express their friendship and love for each other. Uh, the second song accompanies Ali's release from prison and introduces us to his character through flashbacks of his lost time in prison and his consequent disillusionment with his political dreams and hopes. The third follows the fight between Ibrahim and his father, Tulba, as Ibrahim and Tahif and Tafida join other youths in proclaiming the streets are ours, very much a, a kind of a May 68 sentiment, yeah? Uh, reflecting mm, yeah, the yeah. solidarity and determination of youth in the fight for social change and freedom. And the, final is, and the final song is initially heard when Ibrahim is hit by a scorpion, is bit by a scorpion, and is heard once again as a mantra towards the end of the film as the bloody chaos explodes at the Madbuli household. So just four songs, well, just four numbers that are, you know, sometimes reprised in the film, yeah? But kind of like really, really key Co original songs mm. composed especially for the film and which the film was built around, yeah? And, and actually that phrase, the streets are ours, uh, there's an interview with Shaheen where he talks about actually having been in Paris in 68 
and overhearing this, yeah, uh, uh, mm. uh, you know, because he's saying, well, until now, the streets had always been the streets of society, of the bourgeois, of the cops, right? But, you know, I see these students say, no, now the streets are ours, right? So kind of a song that has connotations, yeah, not just of what is being sung, but also of all mm. of the events of May 68. Yeah, yeah. That, no, that's 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 very interesting. I, I wanted to talk a bit actually about that scorpion yes, bite sequence because <laughs> <laughs> I think there's two important things. First is it's a really that should be used as like a public information film against the dangers of wearing flared trousers <laughs> in the desert because <laughs> that's how the scorpion gets gets on his thigh um, is by crawling up his flared trousers. But it's a very erotic scene because he, basically the boy gets bitten on the on the mm. upper leg by a scorpion. And you know, in order to save him from death, the the teenage girl has to suck yeah, the poison out of his thighs. What was interesting <laughs> is 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 they don't show them. They never show them kiss. You know, the scene where they kiss, they don't kiss, and they never show this. And they possibly couldn't show that, but they could show yes. her biting and sucking poison out of yes. his thigh. And that, it was just such. It was really uh, it, yeah, it also scene. demonstrates how strong and smart and fearless she is. So, yeah, mm. so the choice about not kissing him uh, is not a thing about being sexually shy. She's not afraid of her body or of his body. Yeah, she's maintaining another kind of propriety because she's got no qualms about just sucking his thigh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I think also the, the scene that you talked about earlier where, where they talk about where, he, where it, it, it's like, I, I, I want to get a good Western degree so that I can keep... It's actually her that says, oh, no, no, he, he, I think he, I, as far as I remember, he says, I want to get this Western degree so that I can, like, come back and irrigate the land or whatever. And she's like, no, you, you just want to get a Western degree so you, so you know how to slap yeah. your wife properly. And, 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 and she's laughing about it. And, and, and then, he, then they, they, it's kind of play yes. fighting. And it's kind of like they're sort of... She's confident enough, I think to to joke mm. about that because it's essentially my the way I read that scene is 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 she she what she's actually saying is if we get married mate you're not going to get away with that well, kind of I think nonsense. she is I think she is um, saying I think that. that's the that's the idea of that um, scene yeah though I think the film also has a kind of a naive um juxtaposition between uh uh Tafida's family which is working class yeah, they work at the factory that is owned by Ibrahim's mm. family. Uh, so, and there, you know, they're like the the sex is free flowing and satisfying and you know pleasurable and, and yeah. Uh, whereas in uh, the um, uh, Ibrahim's family, it's like something out of Tennessee Williams. <laughs> yeah. you know. that, that's a, that is a really good comparison. I mean, you know, it's like you know, Count yes. Hart and Ruth or something. Actually, actually, actually thinking about it, that 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 is a really good comparison. That it, it's just this overblown. Yeah, you could see that you could you could see a version of this film being made set set in the deep south of the, of, the, of the United States and, you know, bird yes. lives and, you know, it's that kind of thing. And, and um, Shelley Winters would be the mother <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> and and it's, so you, you, can, you can really yes. see that. Yeah. Um, it's so it's fa fascinating. And, and I, th I think, you know, the... the um, 
you know, the final sequences, the, the like the, before the bloodbath at the wedding, the, the sequences where the um, where Ali goes into the woman's bedroom and then she's having the flashbacks to the to the assault and and it, it the, it's so it's amazing. I mean, it's like I don't know, you know, it, it's just the colours and the cutting and everything is so yes, powerful. It looks. Um, and it the, looks yeah, very you, beautiful as well, yeah. I mean, yeah, exa um, exactly. And, and it, it, you know, it's the kind of thing that that you know, you again, like most of the Shaheen films, that you you sort of you know you don't expect to see. But then uh, I, I read. I'll, I'll forward you a link to it. I read a very interesting tweet today that did an analysis of how many um, how many African films. Are actually easily accessible to watch in yeah. the UK, um, and um, I think the conclusion is that you know the sudden availability of these twelve Shaheen films on Netflix has probably just about yes. doubled the number of like African from anywhere in yes. Africa, from any director, from any period of cinema. It's like doubled the availability of them, and you, you know for some and, and the you know the, the the list of directors they gave. It's like yeah, I've not seen these films, but I've I've, I've heard of these names, and you just can't get their films. Just search for Shaheen on Twitter. You will every day see people saying, "Oh my God, there's twelve Yusuf Shaheen yeah. films on Netflix." Because because no one's you know they're not they're not obvious that they're there, and you know people are watching them, people are discovering. Well, I them. think I think um, that's true, hopefully... and maybe I'm being a bit harsh, you know. But I would say uh, no. Go, I, I you know I, th I think I, th I think it's fair. I, th I think it's fair comment, and I, and I think it's sort of you know I, I've not seen any you know I, I was I mean, I'm, and I'm thinking about things like there was that series. Like Mark Commode's home entertainment thing that he did on BBC Four, where him and Simon Mayo were talking about here's here's things that are online that you can watch. You know, someone like that should be saying there are these twelve amazing Egyptian films. Yeah, well, they're not that so you can watch. And by the way, watch Cairo yeah, Station. And they're that's not why saying we that. need to say um, it. But actually, it's just a complete lack of interest that I think is so <laughs> telling and 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 so hypocritical in the light of people's virtue signaling about all the colonial stuff. If you want to know about British colonialism from the perspective of the colonized, why not start with Shaheen's films? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think this is it. You, this is a very unusual opportunity to see 12 yes. films over the whole period of his career. You know, well, they, they, they don't go... They, I can't, what, the last film they're showing is about 1999, um, and he did carry on for a few years beyond that. But the... It's a really unusual opportunity to be yes. able to do that on Netflix and not 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 on you know Mubi yes. or, or or YouTube whatever, or, or YouTube or yeah yeah I mean yes I mean loads of films on YouTube in crappy quality yeah. with no subtitles but you now got an opportunity to I mean uh, I, you know I think with with this film tonight which I really loved I suspect one of the reasons I loved it more than The Sparrow was I was just watching a really nice quality absolutely, copy absolutely. on Netflix and Netflix just works and the subtitles yeah. were perfect. And, you know, because if, if this had had crappy subtitles, I, I would have found it difficult to, or if the subtitles had been in Swedish yeah. or whatever, I would have had problems with it. Uh, but I, I think you, it, it's a rare opportunity yeah. to do that. Um, it, it, it's it's an opportunity I hope people take. But, but, I do, but you know, I, I know I know people who are well, watching them. Um, you're much kinder than I. I'm being very judgy. <laughs> no, please, please be judgy. I think I think that's fine. Here are all these African films on view. Yeah, that are, are yeah. superb. And absolutely, and it, and it's got me. Uh, you know, because of each film, I'm I'm then kind of looking at what the 
political context was at the time it at the time it was set and at the time it was made, which yes. is not necessarily the same thing. And you know, the whole two versions of people in the Nile that gave a really interesting perspective on what was going on in that relationship, with the, you know, the, the Soviet Egypt relationship. Um, the this one, you know, I think, oh, oh, okay, this this is how Sadat related yes. to NASA, and this is, I mean, you know, I, and and this is a, you know, clearly, you know, I could have known that information earlier, but it's sort of, you know, I I, I don't remember NASA because I was three yeah. years old when he died, but I, I do I, I do remember Sadat as a, as a figure in in yeah you know, as, as a major world figure at the time when I, when yeah. I was growing up, and I, and I remember his assassination being being a real yeah. shock, you know, um, and um, yeah. So but I thought you know it's it's sorry I've interrupted, but um, just. No, no. You know, one of the things also that really fascinates me. So, you know, every year when there hasn't been a pandemic, I go teach in Cuba. And one of the things that's <laughs> always surprised me is why aren't there Cuban musicals? I mean, I think there is, there are like <laughs> three or four, but, you know, it isn't a genre in Cuban cinema. And you think a culture that has such beautiful music, you know, such fantastic performers, you know, you can't walk past the street corner in uh, Havana without having some fabulous live music or y young people busking yeah. and, you know, with incredible voices and so on. Why don't they have fucking musicals? And, you know, here you have Youssef Shaheen showing how you can make musicals within an aesthetic of poverty i mean you know these must be probably very high budget films for the country but very low budget films yeah i mean you know we've talked about the special effects how amateurish they are and you know those are those are you know areas where you just see it's a question of means yeah you can buy special effects if you have the money right yeah which which reminds which reminds me actually the i think that's and i think it's that scene we were talking about with the where the, the the young boy and girl are talking about him slapping her and, or not slapping her, and they then do this play, they do this pretend yeah. slapping thing, and they did like they kind of do it really badly. And it's like, yeah, that's how your Shaheen always films fight scenes. Fight scenes, yes, the worst. <laughs> he films the worst. So, fight so that, again, it, again, it's almost like he was making a joke about his own films. Yeah. But um, yeah. actually, I'm, I'm going. I'm doing something on action movies to show how the depiction of violence changes over time. Yeah. Mm. And, culture. and I'm going to show some examples from Youssef Shaheen, because really, it's like, you know, they don't even bother to pretend that a fist hits the face or something. No. It goes right past it. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't bother to correct it. Right? Yeah. So um, he films action uh, very, very poorly. Uh, yeah. But he films musical sequences really great. Yeah, and yeah. He, he gets the songs and he gets the performers and then he knows how to film it all, right? And so I think this film in particular is also an example of what can be done within the musical form Yeah, in a, in a, in a, in a poor uh, 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 cinema context, yeah, a, a cinema without means, yeah, without many <clears throat> means. Yeah, because, you know, every culture has music and song and dance, right? So it's a question of filming it, really. Yeah. yeah? Um, you know, it's not like special effects or something that you need to, to you know, to buy generally. Um, so, yeah, so I think yeah. this is an incredible example of what can be done, 
you know, musically with 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 few means. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. No. It's a, it's it's an amazing film, and I I, I would strongly recommend this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a film that becomes richer and richer and richer when you read about it because the whole thing is that. Um, so all of the reviews uh, uh, mention how the film functions as an as a political film allegorizing Egypt's recent history, something that I myself would not have picked mm. up on, yeah, without yeah, reading yeah. it, right? So, you know, I mean, I, I picked up on the Cain and Abel thing, I picked up on the Romeo and Juliet thing, I picked up on the class divergences, right? I picked up on the mixture of genres, which is like melodrama yeah. and musical and so on. But actually, it as an, I don't know enough about Egypt to see how it codes, yeah, the this allegory of the nation, though, yeah. And I was very interested that that was all the reviews picked up on that, which I had not. <laughs> okay. Shall I, shall I? Would you like to get? You know, we talked in in an earlier podcast about how Netflix describes films. Yes. In in a couple of words, would you like to suggest a couple of words that Netflix might use to describe this film? You know, this film is something and something, and then I'll tell you how they actually describe it. Okay, well, I would say uh that it's uh a musical melodrama about two lovers from two different classes yeah. that are you, You've got two you got to have two words. You can only some you can only use two words. Oh, only two words. <laughs> Yeah, oh for, the, for your Netflix. If you're writing the Netflix page on this film, you have two words to tell people what okay. it's like. Oh my God! Um, well, teen musical. <laughs> well, one of those words is, is a word Netflix used. <laughs> they do they do say it's teen, but I think by when they say teen, I think what they actually mean is that's an age rating. Yeah. That that's okay if you're a teenager or above. But in terms of the, the what the film is like um, thematically. They say it's understated and dark. Oh please! Oh, this is the like the least understated film I've ever seen. Yes, <laughs> and actually, it's not dark either. I think it's, you know, I mean, I found it quite sunny. Other reviewers says it's dark because obviously the whole family gets wiped out, and it does have those <laughs> Tennessee Williams sexual angst. You know, but it's got like four musical numbers, right? And it's dance got mu sequences. musical numbers. Yeah, it's got dan there's, there's dancing. There, yeah, there's a load of brutal murders, but they're, but they're sort of like it's kind of a, I don't know. Almost thinking about John Waters and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's you know, too just, entertaining just, to be dark. Yeah, it's just kind of. It's almost like that 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 final sequence is like a John Waters style bad taste thing rather yes. than a Pete rather than a dark melodrama. You know. Yes. But but yeah, Netflix clearly have never seen these films. But, but yeah, it's probably a good thing because if Netflix had actually watched the films, they'd be like, "What the fuck are we doing? Why do you want us to put these on our on our on our platform?" But <laughs> well, actually, I, something worth mentioning is so you know we've talked we talked about the trilogy of defeat or the symphony of defeat that uh, the trio of films, the land. Uh, the choice and the sparrow are often kind of configured as. And the director says that really his filmmaking changed radically uh, after the sparrow. Uh, <clears throat> and that this is an example of, you know, more uh, postmodern, more personal, 
uh, kind of cinema. Yeah, that he would he would mine from here on end. Yeah, so uh, ostensibly films like Alexandria Y and mm. so on are more in this vein. Yeah, they're kind of mixes and hodgepodges and yeah combinations or quotations and so on. And I, and I wondered a little whether because because I know Alexandria Y the the Alexandria was actually a quadrology. Because um, there's a fourth film which isn't on Netflix, which is an, an annoying. Sort of Alexandria New York is the final one, um, but the I, you know because I know that the, the, the central figure there is this autobiographical characterization of of, of, of Jaheen. Um, whether the the character Ibrahim, you know, the the young boy in, in in tonight's film, who wants to get out of his terrible family situation and. And, and go to the big city and, and go go abroad, which is what Shaheen did, you know. Mm. Uh, well, he said he went abroad. I don't know if he came from a village and, 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 and went elsewhere. But I, I kind of wondered whether, you know, this is almost, you know, a prequel to Alexandria Y in terms of that character's journey. Sure. And it'd be interesting to see. I, mean, I, I didn't see Alexandria Y, um, but, but I'm very... Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, looking, looking, for, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, yeah. Um, it's one of podcast. his most famous, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's ostensibly in a vein of filmmaking mm. that began uh, with the Return of the Prodigal Son. Mm. So I'm very, I'm very eager to see uh, how and whether that is that is so. Um, any last words? No, I, I well, only that I would strongly recommend this film. Um, yes, it, it's it's an amazing. Yeah, it's, it's not what you think it's going to be. It's it's all it's kind of at one level, it's all over the place, but it also makes sense. And I think a bit like the Sparrow, I want to watch this film again. But this one, I actually the Sparrow, I kind of feel I have to watch the film again to understand it. This, I feel I kind of want to watch it again to because because uh, actually knowing watching the early scenes, knowing where it's going, I think will really will will, will really help. And it's a very rich film. I mean, and and you know. The, Visually, it's so amazing, and yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's particularly the yeah. And, and I, I did really enjoy the bit, and, I, and I'll, I'll work out where it is so you can try and capture it. The the bit where he quotes, where I think he's deliberately parodying himself in the fifties. I think that was really interesting. Mm. All right, lovely. Um, so uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I want to repeat again, you know, how much we would welcome uh, any uh, corrections or additions or different points of view. Uh, that you might have uh, on these films. Mm. I'm putting them all on a blog, notesonfilm1.com. Uh, and just be advised that as we find new things or, you know, Richard is fantastic at finding articles and pieces and so on, I am adding them on to uh, the blog posts. So the blog post is not, it's not just, uh, you know, our podcast. It's our podcast plus whatever we can find to put in there to help people understand uh, and appreciate uh, Shaheen's uh, films better. Uh, so they will continue improving as we proceed. And if you have any suggestions, we'd really welcome. Thank you very much for listening. Okay. <laughs> I'm Jose. I'm Richard. And thank you. And, uh, we hope you tune in again. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye. <laughs> Inshallah.